Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 386, when the financial markets are down, should you postpone retirement? When inflation is up, should you change your investments and pile into things like value and commodities? Plus, the ever-popular retirement spitball analysis, looking this week at an early retirement plan, Medicare, Social Security, TSP, and Roth conversions, and when and how should business owners convert $5.5 million to Roth IRA? Also, if excess 2021 Roth contributions were returned, can you file last year's taxes now without penalty? And finally, what's the difference between a collective investment trust and regular mutual funds? Go to yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click on Ask Joe and Al on air to send in your money questions as an email or as a priority voice message like the one coming up. I'm producer Andy Last with the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson CFP and Big Al Clopine CPA. Hey Joe, Big Al and Andy. I'm a new listener this year and I love the show. I recommend it all the time. It's the most fun financial podcast to listen to. I'm Janie from St. Louis. I'm divorced, age 65, and was going to retire at the end of this year. I plan to take Social Security at age 70. My Monte Carlo numbers were solid for covering my needs in travel with a 60-40 index fund portfolio. But with my stock and bond funds both down, I feel like I have no choice but to postpone retirement. I always thought I would pull from bonds during a market downturn, but I didn't expect bonds to be down like this. What do you guys tell people in this circumstance? I have a year's worth of needs and travel in the bank. If I postpone until the end of 2023 and I don't save in any retirement vehicles, I could have two years worth of needs and travel saved. I don't have pets, I rarely drink alcohol, and I drive a car that's solid, paid off, and unimpressive. I don't have health issues. I love the outdoors and travel, and I want more free time for all of that and time with grandkids. But I want to have enough money, too. What do you tell a girl like me? Thanks so much for your help. Oh, Janie, she sounds like a, like books on tape speaker. Yes, <laughs> she could. Be. I could have just listened to her for like I another know. hour. It's I like was just waiting for her please. talking about more stuff in the outdoors. What are the grandkids' yeah. names? You know, you know what? And I, and I love outdoors and travel. It sounds like Jamie, you sound like my kind of gal. Yeah. Um, all right. Just a rarely drinks alcohol comment just kind of threw me off a little bit. <laughs> but she you said, didn't she think did it say was never. anybody like that? No, she didn't say never. It hardly computes that for you. Um, all right. So first of all, Monte Carlo. I'm not a big fan of Monte Carlo um, because I think it's just all, I don't know. What a Monte Carlo simulation is, is that they run like thousands of different iterations of what the stock market could embark, you know, bond market could have done. Um, And then they looked at past performance and then they forecast it out. And then they look at what your spending need is and what other income sources. And then they're going to give you a percentage. They're going to be like, oh, you're 95% there, 80%, 100% there. And then people look at that and they have either, you know, a false sense of security and saying, hey, I'm good. But Janie is smarter than the average. Right. Well, she's questioning. From from the average gal here. Um, I more or less like a cash flow analysis. And what that means is that you look at... um, Let's say whatever Jeannie has as a lump sum or whatever that she has for her investment savings. And then she has to look at, well, what is she spending? Right? Is it 50 grand? Is it 100 grand? Is it 70 grand? And then you just take a look at what are their fixed income sources? Is it, you know, Social Security, pension, things like that? Right. 
And then you look at what the shortfall is, and maybe it's $20,000 a year that needs to come from the overall portfolio. Maybe it's $30,000, whatever it is. Then you can kind of devise your portfolio a little bit better, right? And I think she knows what these numbers are because she said, hey, you know what? I have a year's worth of cash or something like that sitting in uh, for my leisure and travel. Something to, to that yeah. effect. Did you hear that? She did. Yeah, one year. And then so if she works another year, she could have two years. Sure. Um, I don't know. I think she's pro- she probably can retire. Yeah, I get that stocks and bonds are both down, but it's a sh- it's it's short term, right? Bonds will recover. Interest yeah. rates are going up, um, and the the stock market will recover. So I get it that there's nerves involved because you're making a huge life change. You're like, I'm 65. I want to retire. Um, but wait a minute. Now stocks and bonds are both down. I don't think I can. I still think you can, right? But you just have to look at it maybe a little bit differently to make sure that you know exactly where your money is going to come from over the next three to five years. Right. So I completely agree. I think, Jamie, go ahead and retire. I think you've got a good emergency fund already. And so maybe, um, well, first of all, we're talking six months from now and and bond prices may recover at that point. See, interest rates going up are actually great for bonds over the longer term. Not so good in the short term, because if you have long, if you have mid to long-term bonds and all of a sudden the interest rates go up, the bonds you're holding are worthless. Now, if you hold them to maturity, no harm, no foul. But if you have a bond fund, some of them you know, have to be sold for, you know, for people that want to liquidate money and so forth. So that's a little trickier. But the point is interest rates going up over the long term are actually very good for bonds, particularly if you have shorter and midterm bonds. It's not as good if you have longer term bonds because you're sort of stuck with maybe perhaps a lower interest rate. But I but I would I would personally I would still retire. You know, you, you sounds like you you probably have have saved up enough to make this happen based upon your Monte Carlos. Um, you've got cash. Maybe you draw some from cash, maybe some from your bonds. By the way, bonds in, in, in as a whole have been down about 10% in 22, 2022 so far. Stocks about 20%. Uh, but short-term bonds have been down only about four. So um, anyway, it depends what kind of bonds you have. But no, I, I think you can make this work, but check out your cash flows. Yeah. All right. Um, that was pretty long-winded there, Big Al. You got <laughs> Howdy Joe, Big Al, Andy, quick question. As I'm on the final glide path toward retirement. Oh, I can God. just imagine the little planes coming to the uh, retirement field. Glide path. So he's he's doing some research. That's that is a common term. No, it's the, the, a common term in our industry yeah. for like advisors. I mean, we don't say it, but but you, you will read about it. What is your glide path? <laughs> well, it's a common term for target date funds. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say that? Okay. Hopefully next year's when his glide path got ends it. or starts. <laughs> the wheels rubber, huh? Okay, got it. First, the key data points. I drive a 2014 Jeep Wrangler Freedom Edition. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the one, right? Just freedom. <laughs> All right. Dude, the dude. William Wallace Edition. Yeah, who wouldn't want to be free, right? No. Now? My lovely wife drives a 2014 Ford Edge. Oh, 2014 was a big year for, yeah. for the family there. You just, you just drive until yeah. they drop. Yeah. Both new cars. Uh, drink of choice, single malt scotch. Mm, no pets at the moment, but a Boston Terrier puppy is in our future. Ooh, okay. Okay. Maybe call him whiskey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> currently, we have $80,000 in a Roth, 35000 in my traditional 401k, seven fifty 
in a rollover IRA, $250,000 in an IRA, Roth IRA, $30,000 in a brokerage account, $75,000 in emergency savings in, uh, of course, the IPON, 10K. 10K. That's about $1.2 million. All right. Thank you. I plan to retire um, for one twenty-three, and will be 69 at the time. For the remaining first quarter of 2023, should I go 100% in funding the Roth 401k or continue with my 50-50 strategy for the final working period? I plan to max out my allowable 401k contributions during the first three months. Finally, what are your spitball thoughts on continuing to work due to the current economic dark clouds? Okay. I believe I can afford to retire, but should I wait until my accounts regain some of their 2022 losses? Thanks in advance for your insights. Frank the Tank. Ah. All right. See, he's 69 years old. He's worried about the markets again. This is this is a common theme, right? Markets get a little bit volatile. Right. Right. And then it's like, ooh, should I hold the reins? And should I hold off and not retire? I say retire. Life is short. Have yeah. a plan. At, at 69, go for it. Have a plan in place, folks. You guys listen to this program. What do we constantly talk about? Have a strategy. Have a plan. Right. You know, things are going to happen. Things are good. Things are bad. It doesn't matter. Once you're in retirement, Frank the Tank, guess what? We're probably going to have another recession. We're probably going to have another market downturn. So now you're 75. What are you going to do? Are you going to go back to work? I'm going to wait. I'm, I got to work all that, that time. No, you're not going to go back to work. <laughs> I hope you don't have to go back to work. No, no. But but you're right. So so in other words, I guess what we're saying is is have a plan so that in all markets, when you want to retire, you're able to because you got safe money, you got more aggressive money, right? You got emergency fund, you got you're you're all covered. Yeah. Um, I guess this question is does it go all out Roth or pre-tax? Yeah, because it's gonna fin- work. I don't know, final, go Roth. Yeah. yeah they, <laughs> well, who cares? I'm not kidding. Well, it's just it's yeah, it's only a year. It, it hardly matters. I mean, the, the correct answer is look at your tax, tax bracket return. this year yeah. versus retirement years, but probably. I mean, you're, if you retire at 70, you only have a couple of years before your RMDs. We don't know how much your RMDs are going to be, but um, yeah, yeah, without knowing anything else, I would I would tend to go Roth. Well, I don't know his income. So that's that's the only thing, right? Yeah. He's got a good diversification. He's got he, he's got more Roth than most. He's got about he 300,000 in Roth. He does. Um, he's got about maybe 800,000. Oh, yeah. He did tell us that. You're right. 800,000 right. bucks in the retirement account. Yep. Um, you're going to work half the year. You're probably going to have lower income. Um, I would, I would just go Roth. That's yeah. what I would do. Yeah. Makes um, sense. If I'm spitballing here, but yeah, that's all it is. Spitball based on what we know. No, thanks Frank the tank. Appreciate it. Again. Hi. Thank you again for taking my question. Should I consider investing into other types of stocks during this inflationary environment, like value in commodities? Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> I you t- want, want a little gold? <laughs> I typically just invest in large cap growth. And VTSAX, what's that, Total Stock Market Index Fund? I think so. Um, I am not planning on slowing down investing, but just want, just don't want to be missing out on a good opportunity. You know what this person has? FOMO. Isn't that what that is? Fear of missing out? Yes. While everything being down, is it best to keep investing the same as always because it's on sale? And that could even out the oh even out the cost basis. Yeah. Uh, not looking for advice, but would love to hear what y'all are doing. Thank you. You're the best. Jane. 
Okay, Jane, what you're telling um, or what you're asking is that should you time the market? And we say no. Right. I agree with that. Because you should have already owned commodities. You should have already owned value. Yeah, you should have already owned international. Right. And so when you're reacting to the markets, that you're late to the party. Everyone's already drunk. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're too late you go home you can't catch up it's it's no you can't catch up well maybe if you're really lucky you could i well, I'm, you know me but it's you're it's too late right so it's not like oh in this environment i'm going to switch my investment philosophy because we never know when these environments are really going to happen the stock market is so forward looking right we might be already out of the recession that we we were in in first quarter who knows right yeah, i agree with that. i mean the, the numbers are crazy and so it's like oh look at all this high inflation now so now i should buy but what are those prices of those particular investments that you want to buy now they're already doing fine because of the environment that we're in they they're, they're outperforming so now you want to buy outperforming investments in the period that we're in and then all of a sudden when we get out of it what do you think are going to happen to those investments they're not going to continue to outperform. Right. That is true. And that and that's a tendency, right? To invest in what's done well the past year, three years. Right. Well, years. growth is sucks. So let me get out of that. Let me get into value because value is outperform growth. Yeah. And then they flip. <laughs> then they flip they as flip. soon as you buy value. Yeah. And the problem is you never know when they're going to flip, except you do know once you buy it, it'll change. It'll it'll flip <laughs> the next for, day for you. Yes. But I, I will I will add that value stocks and international stocks have not performed as well as as domestic growth stocks so what does that tell you over the long term it tells you there might be more opportunity is that going to happen next year year after five years from now no idea right. right but but you should have a globally diversified portfolio to take advantage of the differences in the asset classes at all times right so what are we doing we own all of these but then we rebalance and tax manage right so when growth is down what do you think we're doing do you think we're buying more growth or do you think we're selling we're buying more. Right. When when value's up, do you think we're buying more or selling? We're selling, right? So you're you're buying and selling at the wrong, right time, but we're not timing the markets because of the economic error, you know, or the the the, the stats that are going on in the world. Right. It's just basically because the portfolio needs X amount of dollars in a certain percentage of whatever asset class that we choose, and then once it breaks those bands, that's when we sell. Right. It's not like, oh, we feel that inflation is going to go down or inflation is going to continue to go up. And then that makes our investment decisions. Right. It's all process driven. So, Jane, I would recommend that you start looking at your portfolio maybe a little bit differently and then have maybe a little bit more disciplined process that things will trigger versus, you know, you reading a headline or emotions come into play for you to make those deci uh, decisions. Yeah. And, and I'll just add. So we're talking about rebalancing and let, let, let me tell you how we think about it, which is if, if, if you think you should have 10% of a certain asset class, like large company growth, if it goes up to 12% of your portfolio, that's a 20% deviation. You want to sell 2% to get back to 10. It forces you to sell high. It forces you to take profits off the table. Now, when it goes down to eight, that's a 20% deviation from 10. We're buying 
to get back to 10 forces us to buy low. Our emotions tell us to do just the opposite. We want to buy more of what's doing well. We want to sell what's not working. Actually, if you can change your mindset and have a process-driven approach, you will generally do a lot better. Well, without question, you'll probably do a heck of a lot better. <laughs> Before making any major decisions about your investments or your retirement, schedule a free assessment with one of the experienced financial professionals on Joe and Big Al's team at Pure Financial Advisors. They'll analyze your entire financial plan to help you get on track for retirement and find ways to optimize your investments, maximize your Social Security benefits, and reduce your taxes. Pure is a fee-only fiduciary, so they don't sell any investment products, they'll never earn commissions off of you, and they're required by law to act in the client's best interest. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com and pick a date and time to meet at one of Pure's six offices in Southern California, Seattle, or Chicago, or meet with an advisor via video call from anywhere you happen to be. Click Get an Assessment in the podcast show notes and schedule yours now. Uh, We got a big out. Joe, you can call me the big cheese. Oh, boy. <laughs> Would you like to be called the big cheese? Yeah, call me the big cheese. No, I don't think. Hey, how you doing? Just call me big Just cheese. Call, yeah, yeah, I go by cheese for short. <laughs> uh, I have a 2008 Ford Escape called Eddie Escape. Actually, I think he says Eddie Escapé. Oh, Escapé. Notice yeah. it's got a little accent oh, mark on it. Oh, oh, Eddie Escapé. Is that the French version? Maybe so. The big cheese. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know if I can continue <laughs> on reading this. We got more little scenes like this. Yeah. Uh, drink of choice is a little hazy New England IPA. Okay. Um, M43 by Old National or anything from Big Lake Brewing. Big Lake. All okay. Right. And or a nightcap is bourbon. Curious what the wife and I should do. Roth versus traditional. I uh, live in the Midwest in high tax state with miserable cold winters. Marginal tax rate between state and federal is 30%. Both in mid-20s, about $200,000 saved in retirement, split 50-50, Roth and traditional have been doing 100% Roth contributions, and the other 50% is matches, employer, discretionary contributions, et cetera. Thinking about retiring at 50 or so in about 25 years. Want to retire $120,000 a year after tax and planning to do a good amount of charitable giving. With that said, was thinking maybe a 50-50 split for Roth versus traditional um, to do some QCDs. Got it. Yeah. The big cheese. Is, yeah. He's got a big brain. <laughs> he does. That's <laughs> big brain on the big cheese. Throwing yeah. out some QCDs. Oh, yeah. The QCDs only are available at 70 and a half. Just, just so you know. Um, curious what you would do in our situation. Mid 20s, trying to save about $50,000 a year. Uh, both have access to 401k Roth and traditional. Also, are we on track? I feel I can already hear the trolling. <laughs> And yes, I'm a super nerd. Oh, come on, big cheese. I'm not trolling you. Calling you a big nerd. Just calling you a big brain. Right. <laughs> big brain on the big cheese. Yeah, that's right. Um, also, um, while saving about $50,000 a year, what would be a reasonable uh, to spend at 55? Is $120,000 a year too high? Trying to manage expectations. Thanks. 
Um, okay, Big Cheese, I got it for you. We're gonna we're gonna make this happen. Yeah, I'm doing it too. So if you need one hundred twenty thousand dollars after tax, I'm gonna say you would need four point eight million bucks. Yeah, I would say you need four and a half to five million dollars saved. Uh, he's got $200,000 saved today. He's going to yep. save $50,000 a year, and he's got 25 years. And let's say he gets 8% on his money. Yep. Um, that's going to get 5.3. So I believe the big cheese is on track. If he can continue to save $50,000 a year at $200,000 on nest egg now. Um, so, yeah, okay, you're good there. Second question, should he go 50-50 because he wants to do some QCDs? Got it, yep. Um, or does he go all Roth? <clears throat> You're 25, right? I would yeah. say all Roth. Me too. Yeah, when you're younger like this, all Roth because chances are your salary is going to increase later. Get the money into the Roth. Get, get that compounding for 25 to 50 years in tax-free, big time. Without question. With the amount of money that you have right now, Big Cheese, <laughs> the amount of money that you want to save, go Roth. Yeah. Cheese that thing up. Yeah, cheese it up. There cheese you go. it up. So what would you suggest that he does for his charitable giving that he wants yeah, to do? Yeah, do a QCD. He's got a big brain. He's not, <laughs> he's not dummy to this stuff. Got to wait till 70. Yeah, now. he's got to wait 60 years <laughs> <laughs> so he can give to his charities. Right. Well, just keep saying, hold on. I'm going to come into money here. It's, yeah, it's only each 50, year. It's, <laughs> it's only 55 years. Yeah, I really want to give to your charity. <laughs> I will be right back in about 50 years. <laughs> in the meantime, here's a couple bucks. Yeah. Oh, uh, trust me. You're going to get some QCDs, Charity. Yeah, they're going to be big. They're going to be huge. I think you might be trolling now. <laughs> it's possible. Uh, uh, hi, Joan Al. Love your podcast. And uh, sometimes your snarky comments. Snarky? Are, are we snarky? No. <laughs> No, maybe. I think Joe is. I maybe. think that's all. Maybe. No. Yeah, maybe occasionally. No. No. It's called just having fun. Yeah, we're just shooting the breeze. We're spitballing. You know? You know it's called you, a spitball. We're just having a conversation. Yes. I mean, we could be just dry as all get out. We could. Yeah. And then who would listen? It would be awful. Yeah. You know? It would just be like terrible. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. My husband and I, we have our own business. Oh. Oh, look at you. We have our profit sharing plan for retirement along with Roth 401k plan. We would like to convert all of our profit sharing holdings to a Roth IRA. My husband's account balance is approximately $3 million. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> my account is about two and a half. So $5.5 million to convert. That's a lot of money there. Right. Uh, my husband's 65. I'm 62. We plan on retiring with my husband is 70. So like five years mm -hmm. from now. Every year we're in the top tax bracket and even through the stock market is down. Most of the stocks we hold are still in the green. When do we convert? Now when taxes are low, but our income is high or in five years when taxes are probably higher, uh, but our income is lower. Or do we tackle this with such a large amount? How do we tackle this? Uh, thank you. Well, Santana from Arizona. Got it. Well, that's a good problem to have, isn't it? I like that name, Santana. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So they're in the highest tax bracket. They're in the 37% tax bracket. Yeah. Right? That, they're going to retire in five years. And I, one thing we need to know 
really is what, what, I mean, how much money do you think they're putting in the profit sharing plan? Right. Right. So let's say they put nothing in there and what they want to retire in five years. And let's say they get, I don't know, 4% on the money over the next five years. Sure. Okay. So that's 6.7 and their RMD is going to be $267,000. Yeah. Although she's three years behind. So there's a little time lag there. Okay. So, this so, gonna... so he wants to work till 70. I think you, uh, you're in the highest bracket now. I'm not converting right now if, if it were me, but I am looking at it upon retirement. And I would probably even do it into RMD age because chances are, if you're in the highest bracket now, you're going to be in the lower bracket, even with your RMDs. So I'm converting. I'm not. Mark, it's down 20%. I get a 20% discount. I got five and a half million dollars. I'm still saving money, right? So here's what I would look at. How much money are they putting in the profit sharing plan? So they, they could do one of two things. They say, right. you know what? We're already building up this big balance in our profit sharing plan. And we're putting like a couple hundred thousand dollars in the profit sharing. And we're getting that tax deduction. Right. So let's say you told them, Put the maybe stop putting money in the profit sharing plan and build up your non-qualified investments. Yeah, could could do that. Right. Yeah. But if you do that, you're still it's after tax. I, I know. So you might as well convert. might as well do it and yeah, convert. Yeah. Well, yeah. So you bring up a good point, uh, which I wasn't thinking. So the, the point is this when the market's down and you're in the highest bracket, but by the time you know you have to pay the tax and by the time you pull the money out, the market's recovered. You actually got a really good rate of return, and it makes the tax you pay seem a lot lower. Yeah. So I'm going to change my mind. I'm converting that too. Because it, here's here's what you're looking at. You, you do a conversion, and let's say the market recovers twenty percent. Maybe the recovery in the Roth IRA is covers the tax. Yeah, it, it could, and we've seen that before. For sure, we've seen it over cover the tax. Yes, for sure. So yeah, markets down. Yes, convert. Especially when you have this and let's say the markets continue to go down, convert some more. Yeah, convert some more. And then if the markets continue to blow up, don't ever call the show again. Because <laughs> we gave you bad advice. Yes. Not advice. Hey, I kept on converting. Just like you said. And I lost my ass and I pay all this tax. <laughs> uh, Santana, this is not advice. We're just sitting around, sitting around a little bar stool, just talking finance, you know, t telling financial stories, you know? Yeah, right. Troy, Michigan here. We got three questions. Yeah, this is Cliff and Troy. Uh, three questions. Want to retire May 2023? I'm a mailman. Should we uh, take Medicare? Uh, should I wait until 70 for Social Security and spend TSP money? Oh, and what about Roth conversions? Okay, so those are the three questions he's got. Okay. Okay, me, 61, why 57? Me, 2021, Ford Escape, Titanium. That's a that's a big that's a solid car. Oh man, wife, twenty nineteen suburban Outback, Dudley the dog, little beetle mix from the pound. It's got a postal pension of thirty thousand dollars. Social Security is thirty six hundred dollars a month at age seventy. Nice should be accurate since I have thirty eight years of earnings. Uh, wife will get two small pensions, five thousand and seven thousand. So add that up. Uh, okay, so that's twelve forty-two and seventy-five thousand dollars of fixed income. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Oh, so the way I got it figured at seventy, forty-three thousand Social Security, twelve thousand wife's pensions, thirty thousand, twenty-one thousand Social Security for me and wife is a one hundred six. So I forgot the other Social Security. I should have kept reading. Should have, yeah. All right, in but, today's dollars. But you were accurate to that point. No, it's pretty close. Yeah. 
Uh, my TSP, $770,000. Wi-Fi raised $740,000. Wow. Me, $125,000 in rock. Wife, $125,000. Does he talk like that all the time? <laughs> Me, hungry. <laughs> Wife, cook. <laughs> all right. I want to spend $40,000 a year out of my TSP till 70 and then collect Social Security. So $320,000. Uh, $450,000 left for growth. Wife works part-time making $15,000 till 62 I don't have to take Medicare Part B since federal employee, and neither does wife. House paid off, worth four hundred fifty. dollars No debt. Since no Medicare, I don't have to worry about Irma. What about Roth conversions? <laughs> Man, Cliff, <laughs> you write something special here. <laughs> yes, I think he got it dialed. Right. Um, that's Dudley the dog. Okay, so he's fine. He wants to spend $40,000 out of his TSP to bridge the gap yeah. before Social Security. Like it. Okay, that like works. it. Does he do Roth conversions? Yeah, look, just look at the tax bracket. You might want to do a little bit. I don't think he really needs to because he's he's already even out his taxes by taking the large distribution from the retirement account to bridge the gap to Social Security. Yeah, true. So, I mean, yeah, there's probably some room for conversions, but I wouldn't say not a ton because there's not a lot of, non-qualified monies here to pay the tax. Right. And he's already depleting it. So he's not going to have a huge RMD issue. Yeah. Right. But you, you should look, if you're 61, you want to retire in a year, yeah. in a year from now. Okay. So 62. So you, you basically have 10 years to do smaller conversions before RMD, but you're right, Joe, the RMD may not be that much. Anyway. It's not because he's taking 40, $50,000 right. out of the retirement. Right. Account. Right. So he's going to have a few hundred thousand, like 500,000 left for growth, but his wife still has 740. So he's not looking at that. Well, you got that, but you got the pensions and you got social security. So, so. you got $1.5 million in retirement accounts. Right. And they got really good fixed income. So yeah, I would probably convert to the top of the 22. Yeah, that would be good. If I'm spitballing here, I'm going right. to give Cliff a big spitball. <laughs> I, I will make one comment and that is, the Social Security Administration assumes that you're working to full retirement age to get those amounts. So if you retire at 62, it's going to be something a little bit lower than the amount that's showing at age 70. So just be aware of that because because the, they presume you're working all right. for another four years. Got it. Learn all about earning tax-free growth on your investments for life when you sign up to receive the complete Roth Papers Package. You'll get the Roth Basics Guide, the ultimate guide to Roth IRAs, and the five-year rules for Roth IRA withdrawals. From eligibility to income limits to the differences between traditional IRA, Roth IRA, and Roth 401k, and most importantly, Roth tips and strategies to make the most of your retirement savings, you'll get it all. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app to go to the show notes, read the transcript of today's entire episode, download the complete Roth Papers package, and share the show and financial resources. Go to yourmoneywealth.com, click on uh, Ask Joe Now on the air, and we're going to answer your questions. We're going to have some fun, and we're going to make you a little bit more smarter we got your money let's we'll try yeah let's, let's be honest <laughs> yes. got a question here um in regards to filing taxes okay can we file our 2021 taxes now with no repercussions okay i don't want to answer's probably yes but i, I don't want to bother you or <laughs> anyone else but i'm hesitant to file my return because we don't want to be penalized in the future in april we realized <clears throat> Our maxed Roth contributions needed to be returned due to our salary increase. Got it. We filed for an extension and received our full excess contribution checks less our losses due to 
reactive markets or retracting markets. Yeah. Uh, my question is, can we just file a return now with no additional paperwork since our 2021 excess contributions are out of the Roth accounts and there is no gain or extra income to add to our 1040? What do you think? Well, um, you can you can file your return and you need to file your return certainly by October 15th. There w- will be no paperwork until next year. And probably on the form 5498, you'll probably get it in May of next year. But yeah, you go ahead and file as if you got the paperwork. And it's uh, this happens all the time. I actually got this question from one of our advisors and the accountants of one of our clients wouldn't file the return because they hadn't got the paperwork. It's like, I've, I've got this question so many times. It's like, you file it, just file it. it IRS knows the paperwork's not out. So you're not going to get a notice. Yeah. So... Um, we got honest Abe here. Very good. Yeah. You know? So we'll realize the income was a little high. We got to get that money out. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's good you do because if you leave it in there, and, 6% shouldn't have, it's a 6% penalty. And usually by the time the IRS is going to catch this, it's that, probably 10 years 10 from now. 10 years from now, 6% <laughs> times 10 years, 60% of the balance um, anyway, or the contribution. I, I don't even know how they calculate it, but it's, it would be painful. Yeah, it would be very painful. So um, actually it would, it would be the balance because they're going to include the growth and in income. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, that excise uh, contribution amount. So 6%. So he took it out. That's good. And by the way, Joe, the, you know how with Roth conversions, they took away recharacterization. So we used to be able to do a Roth conversion up to December 31st. And then all the way till October 15th, we could recharacterize it back as if it never happened. It was almost too good to be true. We loved it for a decade-ish. Uh, now you can't do that, but you still can, can recharacterize. recharacterize a contribution. And they have to have that rule because when you make the Roth contribution, you don't necessarily know what your income is going to be to where you, you don't qualify. And so they had they had to allow a recharacterization of a Roth contribution. Very normal, happens all the time. The paperwork comes out the next year. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about it. Yeah, just file the return and you're all good. All right, thanks for the question, uh, Rich. Joe, Big Al, how's it going? It's uh, Mark, it's from uh, Alabama, Roll Tide. Hey, uh, quick question, been a minute. Just recently got a new job and part of the 401k they offer uh, some of the funds in there is the regular mutual funds. And then some of them is a uh, collective investment trust. The question I have is, uh, what are some things I should be on the lookout for when it, as it relates to um, like investing inside of a collective investment trust versus a typical mutual fund? I did a couple of little Google searches. You know, I found out that the collective investment trust is not regulated by the SEC and all that good stuff. And then I saw something that said you couldn't roll it over which didn't make sense to me because I figured you can just go to cash. The funds that are part of the collective investment trust are index funds. So that's a plus. But anyway, that's the question I have. What are some pros and cons? What are some things I should be on the lookout for when I'm looking at it? All right. Thank you. Hey, Andy. Hey, keep the guys in line too. Thank you, Marcus. It's good to hear from him. It's been a while. It has. It has been a minute, as it's he said. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Um, and keep us in line, please, Andy. <laughs> Doing my best. Okay. Collective investment trust, Big Al. Yeah, it's like it's like pooled investments uh, in a inside of a retirement. I guess inside of a four hundred one k. Was it like a fund of funds? It's there. No, it's it's well, it's I I sort of I. It, I, I, here's what I, I don't know a lot about. Them, I don't know anything. About here's them. what I think I know, which is it, it's sort of like you invest with like a bank 
trust company, or I should say the 401k invest with a bank trust company, and they they pool a whole bunch of people's money together. And I think the advantage is it, it you get cheaper pricing. fees and pricing and and that kind of thing. Um, but you but you have less control. I mean, it's kind of mixed in with all this other stuff. You, it's it's not like you're picking all these mutual funds. I think it just is what it is. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe there's different allocations inside of it that I that I don't know. But I did I did recently see that there is something about not being able to roll it into an IRA, and I honestly don't know why that's true. Yeah, great question, Marcus. I have no <laughs> effing idea. <laughs> Well, that's honest. <laughs> I mean, I I could I could totally guess, and yeah, I could yeah. BS my way through this. Yeah, and um, I would bet ninety five percent of our listeners would be like, "Oh, yeah, that sounds all right." Well, I'll tell you what. Little I know is Marcus. If you got a choice between a mutual fund or or collective investment trust, I would pick mutual fund just because we all understand it better. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not saying that's. that's I, I wonder if Marcus got a job maybe on a smaller company. Yeah, maybe. And it's they have a 401k plan for their employees. It, and, and people, I don't think, realize that the employer, you know, they put these plans together, cost them money. Yeah. And some ways to get around the cost of that is they try to look, you know, for other types of plans that they can still offer their employees a, a way to save money pre tax and have it grow tax deferred on that other good stuff. I suspect that's true. Maybe. And then so it's like, well, if it's a collective investment trust, right? There's a collective. So that means more than one. <laughs> I think, an investment. I think, I, think you, I think you killed it. It's, it's more than one. Yeah, there could be uh, some investments in there, and it's in a trust. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, no, invest in what you know, Marcus. You know, um, if they offer other types of funds, go in those and um, go. Yeah, I guess I should probably do some prep before the show. <laughs> Um, is that it for us? That's it. All right. Hey, thanks, everyone. Appreciate the, the emails. Keep them coming. We got a flood of them. Thank you. It makes the show a lot easier uh, when we can just fly through them. So we'll see you on the flip side. Working for the post office, Frank the Tank, Will Farrell, Perry Farrell, and Farrell in the derails at the end of the episode. So stick around. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 to schedule your free financial assessment at a date and time convenient for you, no matter where you are in the country. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals at Pure will be able to identify strategies that'll help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Every time I think of a mailman, I just think of the TV show Seinfeld. Yeah. Right. You know, never yeah. stops. Right. Newman. <laughs> yeah, Newman. Uh, yeah, my aunt. She was a male woman. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Worked for the Postal Service for like 50 years. It runs in your family. Yeah, There's live. A, there is a future for you. Come on. <laughs> We're blood. Uh, Me, deliver the mail. All right. 
All, all I know is, in, I'll, I'll tell you, in California, if, if I say the wife, yeah, the wife isn't going to marry Ralph. No, she doesn't like that. Yep, Why so. is that specific to California? I just, I don't know. It's, I'm just saying. And maybe in your household. Maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's just your household. Maybe it's in Carmel Valley yes. in San Diego. Got it. Right the tank. It's going to go streaking. What? I didn't get that connection. Frank the Tank? You know where Frank the Tank comes from? Nope. nope. You have to educate us. Can I go down to the quads? Do a little streaking? No? You haven't seen the movie? All right. Oh, this is from old school? Yeah, maybe a little Home Depot. Got it. Okay. We have a little time? Okay. No? You guys have never seen the movie? Haven't seen it. Will Ferrell. Yeah, I've already forgotten. You, I've, I've, I Googled it. That's that's all I know about it. It's Will Ferrell. And he played somebody called Frank the Tank in old school. <laughs> You call him Will Ferrell? What do you call him? Will, Will, Will Ferrell. Ferrell. Hmm, okay. You're a big Will Ferrell fan. <laughs> I take it. <laughs> you, you love all his Not movies. really. That's probably why I don't know how to pronounce his name. Will Ferrell. <laughs> isn't, isn't there like a, a, an artist? Singer, yeah. Like a yeah. singer yeah. called yeah. Ferrell? Ferrell yeah. No, that's Perry Farrell. Different. <laughs> Well, no, there's no, Pharrell, no, there's, too. There's Pharrell. He does that song about Oh, happy. yes. Okay, yeah, happy. happy. Yeah. Yes. yes. Pharrell, yes. Yeah. yeah. That's, and he's not Will Pharrell. <laughs> no. I was thinking Perry Farrell from Jane's Addiction. Got it. Okay. Wow, we just got all sorts of different Oh, boy. I'm so, going so on. Talk about a derail. <laughs> oh, my God. We got happy versus Jane's Addiction versus old school. <laughs> what the hell is going what, on? What was the question? I don't know. <laughs> oh. Yeah, old school. It's like one of the classics. It's like one of my favorite movies. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. 